Welcome to the Connect to Marriage podcast by Focus in the Family Singapore. While there are no perfect marriages, there is always room for us to grow to be the best spouse we can be. Hello and welcome to the Connect to Marriage podcast. I'm Gary. And I'm Joe. And, and we are, are your hosts for, for this episode. episode. In each episode of the Connect2 podcast, we'll be tackling questions that couples ask about sex and intimacy, communication and conflict, and so much more. We hope you will keep tuning in to learn with us and as you grow closer, deeper, and stronger in your marriage. Today, on our last episode of the Intimacy Matters series, we deal with a somewhat difficult aspect of sex by discussing what is private and confidential. If the topic of sex is hardly discussed, challenges to one's sex life is even lesser mentioned. Before we carry on, today's content is not appropriate for younger listeners. So, well, Gary, in the course of working with couples for almost 20 years now, we've actually really seen and encountered some of the most difficult and heartbreaking marital issues. And of course, we've not been spared of our own challenges, right? Um, I think knowing that it's not just others but us as well. Hopefully people will realise we are not like experts in everything and we have no challenges but it affects every couple. And I think when it comes to sexual issues in marriage, uh, some statistics actually suggest that up to 80% of couples experience this. It's probably no wonder, I mean today with the proliferation of pornography, we've seen cases, I recall one of the earlier couples that we mentored when they were preparing for their marriage, I think it was a few weeks before their wedding, the bride-to-be discovered that her to-be husband was actually struggling and has been struggling with pornography since school days. It was painful I think but I'm glad they chose to meet with us to journey the challenging phase and now they are happily married. Mm, with kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes, you know, some of these issues may be even more severe, may require, you know, some external help. It could be in the case of, you know, repeated adultery or even, you know, sexual abuse and spousal violence. Mm, I think for us, maybe after a year of marriage, we wanted to have kids. Mm. And then uh, we tried and one month came to two months, and then six months, seven months, eight months, a year went by, two years went by. It was discouraging and all the ideals of being able to conceive, have a child, it didn't quite happen for us in those many years. And I think you know, at the back of my mind when we were having sex, I think we both wanted to say, let this be the time, let this be the time my wife <laughs> conceives, but we didn't want to bring it up because we kept bringing it up. And it wasn't an easy mm. journey for us. And I think after five years of trying, when the day when you suddenly said, Gary, I think I'm pregnant uh, after having no children for so many years. When I heard it, uh, I didn't quite believe it. I was like, sure, are you sure? You know, it's not real. You know, even after doing the test and it showed that you were pregnant, there was still that doubt. Um, and so, it was not because you suspected me of being <laughs> unfaithful, right? Yeah, that was the, the joke we had, like, whose child is this? You know, but um, it's, it was a painful journey. Although friends around tried to encourage, they were saying all kinds of stuff in the hopes to encourage us, but deep down we, we were struggling, we were going through this, we felt we were alone in this journey. And sex definitely mm-hmm. was a bit difficult to just enjoy because yeah. we, had, we had a KPI. <laughs> we wanted a kid as a product of it. Yeah, but I'm glad to say that our child is the result of our love rather than our planning. 
Mm, definitely. One of the things I recall also that when we were doing marriage preparation, we talked about the temptations that we have as men and women that don't necessarily disappear all because we get married. And I think that's something that you and I have also worked through. Of course, we, we are just human. So we do see, like I see guys that I think really look mm -hmm. good. <laughs> Yeah, and I think it's fine because when we are able to discuss, I sort of I think every couple, what we call the you know that kind of person that your wife will like, uh, you sort of know the kind of guy that my wife will be more attracted to, the kind of uh, woman that I'll be more attracted to, and just being open and being able to laugh about it, um, I think helps in breaking the ice also rather than secretly covering all those thoughts. To be open and discussing how we feel, what we think, is helpful in the relationship. And for sure, our own past or family backgrounds, I came into the marriage actually with not a very positive view of sex itself, uh, much less sexual intimacy. You know, I thought that sexual uh, intimacy was actually, to put it bluntly, almost like a waste of time. And it was uh, difficult for me to work through just the whole perception that sex is a beautiful thing, it's a good thing, it's not dirty, it's not bad or negative in any way, but it's beautiful. And after working through that, um, it wasn't as if all because I worked through those that, uh, or changed my mindset about sex that you know suddenly sex uh, became very enjoyable between both of us. But I think we did actually have a period of time where we had to work through how to mutually satisfy each other or rather how to satisfy our spouse. I do know that in doing that and in learning to have Again, I think we've talked about this so many times, right? Having that conversation, that mm -hmm. candid, honest conversation. I'm glad that I did because I think today we have a much more satisfying, enjoyable sex life. I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> Remember, intimacy is spelled T-A-L-K, talk. Mm. Keep talking, keep communicating, and the moment you stop doing that, it's the surefire way for your relationship to start dying. Well, is sexual intimacy in your marriage, for those of you listening, it's not quite what you hoped it should be. Do know that you are not alone. The challenges are real, and these days it seems to affect couples of all ages, regardless of how long or short a duration we've been married. Focus on the Family's own local study revealed that an estimated 2 in 5 individuals are actively consuming porn, and 1 in 10 admitted to engaging in extramarital sexual relationships in the past year. It's not particularly good news, but Gary, what can couples do you know, to safeguard uh, against all this? How do we keep it private and confidential and really protect the sexual intimacy that husband and wife is supposed to have? A lifetime of love and romance requires intentional effort and attention. Yet, in times of busyness and with overwhelming priorities to tend to, our marriages can often take a back seat. No matter the state of your relationship today, we want to help you and your spouse thrive. Check out Connect2, featuring specially curated experiences and resources, our favourite selection of articles, top hits on our podcast, date ideas, conversation starters and more to address the issues that are keeping you and your spouse apart and help you rekindle the joy of pursuing one another. Visit www.family.org.sg slash connect2 today. I think it's good to remember that all of us have an Achilles heel, vulnerable. We can be at times when we're tired, at distress, whatever situation. Mm -hmm. Don't ever think you're a superman or a superwoman that it will never happen to you or happen to us. It can, but if we are not careful, mm -hmm. uh, if we're not wise in how we are 
carrying on our relationship. But some tips for us to remember so that you always protect your relationship is learn to read between the lines when things aren't going well, mm. which is again to communicate. Yeah, when you know something, when someone's struggling, just to find out rather than get frustrated, why is my wife like that? Why is my husband like that? Because she's stressed or he's stressed and tired and tension is there, to discuss, to walk through those things rather than dismiss it as, okay, that's the end of our relationship. Because we need to keep talking about it. We always have this, what is the goal? If the goal is to have a great relationship, then we need to keep working hard at it and don't expect things just to automatically get there. It doesn't. Yeah, so learn to read between the lines. And sometimes it, and may not, it may not even be a, because it's a, a, a sexual issue per se. It could be that your spouse is going through a difficult time. He or she is beginning to question their identity, mm -hmm. uh, whether you know, their esteem issues or they're feeling inadequate. And that feeling of inadequacy can actually be carried into the physical relationship of the couple. And I think for me, when just a couple of years ago, when I was going through a very stressful a period of my life from work, having some post-trauma of events, counselling, mm. you know, the whole uh, idea of relationship, of intimacy, that really was like the backseat, not priority, because I was just working through and I'm just grateful that you also understood I was going through and, and did your best to, to journey with me, to care. And I'm grateful when, when finally able to just come out of it that you've always been there. I think we have an agreement that between us, in the case of a suspected spousal abuse, you need to get external professional help. And if the issue is beyond the couple, we need to at least learn to be open to seek external help. Between the two of us, Gary, I think we've agreed with each other what we should share, when mm. to share with whom we'll be comfortable sharing our issues, especially with regards to sexuality in our marriage. And I'm glad that we have mentors, couple mentors, where we feel actually safe enough to even let them know if we are having problems in our sex life. So it's about being accountable, being honest enough and I think that really is a key for a healthy relationship when we are open to others, obviously the people you've got to trust and being able to just share what's, what you're struggling with and then being able to kick your butt if, you, if you're going <laughs> off track and in mm. any way people care enough for you so that when you create such an atmosphere where that openness there, that care and concern, that accountability, I think you're more inclined to realise, okay, people are holding me in check, I better work hard in my marriage. We have a, what we call a no-secrets policy between us. And I know that's also helped us to ensure that we proactively safeguard our heart, our mind and our body, especially against those outside the marriage. I think we've seen this enough, not just in the couples we've mentored or counseled or coached, but even as we've read books, as we've talked to friends and journeyed with couples, it's just everyday boundaries and standards that we need to set for our relationship. Yeah, so, yeah that's right, you need to safeguard your relationship with your spouse, how by the boundaries that you mentioned, how are you behaving with someone of the opposite sex? Could be a colleague, could be mm. a, a friend, do you have any boundaries at all? Should you be giving the person a ride every day? Should you be meeting the person for lunch every day? So, uh, the person who is not your wife or your husband? Should mm. you be doing all those things? And we've had to discuss what is really acceptable, what would be good. And I like the saying, when something is not right or wrong, do what is wise. So as wise in the relationship, is there anything wrong with having lunch with my colleague every day? Nothing may not be anything wrong, but it may not be the wisest thing as well because the emotions are going to be attached. And uh, we say this, right? Frequency plus intensity equals intimacy. 
So mm. if I'm having too much meals, the frequency is just too often, there is a high chance of some kind of intimacy developing with a person who's not my spouse. Of course, I know you recently asked on your Facebook, Gary, a husband or wife would be comfortable mm. you know, having their spouse give a personal car ride to. Mm -hmm. We laugh, right? So I said, if your colleague who looks like Hyun Bin, you know, the Korean actor, and gives your wife a ride to the office every day, will you be okay, husbands? And some husbands reply, if he looks like Hyun Bin, I don't mind getting a ride also, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, but the response would be different, right? If the, versus the elderly man from Squid Games, if, the, if that's the colleague giving your wife a ride, I think most husbands are, okay, la, go la, help the uncle, you know, you have a different response. Likewise, if your husband is giving a ride to a colleague who looks like Jenny from Blackpink, you know, who's very sweet, mm -hmm. like, would the wife have an issue with that? I think majority would have yes. would have. <laughs> you don't need to think. I think all would have an issue with that versus uh, if the, the colleague thing, is like if the colleague is like uh, the lady from Yoon's day, right? Uh, the lady, yeah, yeah, sure. Maybe a little different. So we need to discuss and share what's comfortable. But the moment you do it secretly, you are asking for trouble. And just so you ask if your wife says no, then no. Rather than ah yeah, you don't understand. There's nothing. You know, don't don't have to justify. The correct answer is what your spouse says. <laughs> but I'm glad, you know, because Gary, I shared with you, right, when I see some attractive, good-looking man with a great personality, such as the number one uh, K celebrity on my list, you've been very understanding. <laughs> yeah, but I, I sort of know you well enough. And it doesn't even have to be celebrity. I know certain kinds of guys, certain looks uh, appeals to you and you have that giggly look on your face. And I just go, oh boy, that guy guy is good looking and my wife is like going all giggly with that person around but it's okay because i think we're quite secure in our relationship and we can both talk about it and share with one another mm. but part of that security or the assurance comes from the fact that we have a no secrets policy mm. that even when we feel in the least bit attracted to another person of the opposite sex or we are potentially putting ourselves in what could be a compromising situation even if not intentionally we've said that we will at least let each other know if my colleague really looks like Hyun Bin and we are going to work every day alone in the same car <laughs> uh, I will let you know That's right and if you have a problem, you can let me know. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's good for uh, couples out there to understand that at the end of the day, when we talk about sexual issues, the majority of sexual issues actually stem from either our attitudes towards sex or actually our larger relationship. Uh, not so much an issue of sexual technique or a lack of sexual prowess. And so if we are talking about our attitudes, our relationships towards our spouse, then working at our sex life, at sexual intimacy, is really understanding each other's heart, understanding our spouse's needs, our spouse's preferences, our spouse's emotions to connect emotionally and not just physically. It's a holistic approach that we need to come for a relationship rather than just sex, rather than just one aspect, think of the person as a whole. Everything about the person is important and how uh, we work towards uh, fulfilling and satisfying each other holistically will be key for having a healthy relationship. Today's question is, I recently caught my husband viewing pornography. To his credit, my husband was sorry and shared that he struggled with porn since a teen. Nonetheless, it makes me sick and I don't know if he will quit. Where do we go from here? Ooh, 
All right. So your husband does need to get help and uh, to take active action against his own pornography addiction, starting with maybe small steps such as installing monitoring software on all his devices or ensuring his online access is conducted in a place where there's constant foot traffic, where he gets the accountability that he needs because porn breeds in secrecy. So it's important that he gets accountability and that accountability actually may not come from you or should not come from you actually it should come from if you have a marriage mentor maybe the husband of the couple mentor it could come from another perhaps older trusted man whom your husband is friends with and is comfortable and open sharing his problem with you know that porn is highly destructive to the individual and to the relationship why because it's never enough the husband may see something or the wife may see something and that the addiction becomes perversion and wanting to explore things that the spouse may actually not desire or want. And when, let's say, he who is addicted wants to try it out on his spouse and the wife doesn't want it, um, he equates like, oh, you don't care for me, you don't love me, uh, you mm. don't understand. Mm. Yeah, so we've seen this, we've worked with couples enough to know that those, especially the man who has been addicted to porn, usually doesn't end well in the relationship. Yeah, and a good sex life. If you really want a good sex life in marriage, we need to know that it is worth protecting as private and confidential, exclusive to ourselves and our spouse only. Yeah, and if sexual issues do crop up, uh, we need to uh, have provision to allow them to be addressed and fixed as appropriate. Well, I think one of the biggest things I've learned uh, about uh, sex in marriage is that as a wife, the best gift I can give my husband is to actually enjoy our sexual relationship rather than just be performing my marital duty. <laughs> I've learned that when I enjoy it and I have uh, sexual fulfillment, it makes you, Gary, as my husband, also feel good about yourself and also enjoy your lovemaking, maybe even more, uh, as you naturally respond to me, right? That's right. If you're listening to this with your spouse, take an extra five minutes at the end of this episode to identify and agree together your go-to help, remember your accountability partner. Now, should you encounter a sexual issue in your marriage that needs external intervention, please seek help. Remember this, a good sexual relationship in marriage is life-giving, relationship-building, personally affirming, and even spiritually energizing. For more marriage resources, you can visit our website or blog at family.org.sg. And don't hesitate to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for more helpful marriage and family tips. If you have a question on marriage, such as the one today, you can message us on social media. Thank you for tuning in. Do follow and subscribe to the Connect2 podcast. Until next time, have a great week with your spouse.